0: This is a morning that we say he is risen. Amen? Amen. Earlier this week, we, uh, we have this time frame coming in that we know that, that he was crucified. We know that he had the Last Supper. We know that he went through a trial. We know that he was falsely accused. All because of the hatred. And we know... Uh, I think I preached maybe last week that he came for us. He became each and every one of us. That's why that's why he went to the cross. Took on mine and your sins. Now he did that so that we could be free. He paid the price that you and I could not pay. It had to be a pure sacrifice. It had to be his blood. He went to the cross for us and The resurrection just shows that he has that power. He said, I have the power to lay down my life and to take it up again. And he proved it. He proved it. We see it in scripture. You say, well, I don't know if I believe in all that. I don't know. But this is the day that we go around and we say he is risen. Thank God he is risen. Otherwise, it was just another point in time in history. But I can tell you that the day that they went and saw that the grave was empty, Was the greatest day in history. So that means he had the power to go and to to be that sacrifice, so that you and I could be redeemed. Boy, I tell you, I wish we'd have had this thing outside this morning. It's hot. I'd have have been comfortable. Y'all wouldn't, because I'm moving. But but he is risen. I want to read from Scripture. I'm going to read quite a bit of Scripture this morning, and just speak on it gradually, a little bit. We're going to, go to Matthew chapter 27, verse 57, is where we're going to start at. It says, now when he had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body be given to him. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped him in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. So there were two witnesses there that knows that he was put in the tomb. We have that in the word. We have to take that account. That is truth. He was put in the tomb. But now you had some fellows that didn't, uh, the ones that put him to death, that wanted him killed, that wanted him out of there. He was messing up their, their way of life. They remembered some things that he had said. Now we'll see later on, or I'll just tell you, whenever they went to the tomb and he wasn't there, they kind of had some unbelief in them. And they were his followers. But these people who were not his followers, they had heard what he said, and they must have thought, well, there must be something to this. Not that they believed that he'd be raised from the dead, but they wanted to take measures. So let's go on to verse 62. And on the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir... We remember while he was still alive how that deceiver, they called Jesus a deceiver. After three days I will rise. Now that's prophetic in the sense that we know about that. He told us what was going to happen. He said, I'm, I'm not going to be staying around in the grave. I'm, I'm coming out. I'm going to, I'm coming out. I'm going to come out and I'm going to be the victor. I'm going to come out of here. And they remember that. And therefore they commanded that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. I want to talk about that for a minute, the deception. It's not deceiving whenever we believe the Bible. It's not deceiving with what Christ says. He gives us truth, and the truth will set you free, set me free, sets us free. That's what truth does for our lives. That's why we have the Bible. We have all this truth in there that helps us to get through the things that we'll face in this life. It lets us know what's coming too. It's prophetic in sense. But they were worried. They said he was a deceiver when he walked and they were worried that he would, they said this is going to be worse than the the first one. He said he was God. But now if he ain't in the grave at the end of three days, that's going to be the biggest deception of all. And so they were preparing to go to get around that. And Pilate said to them, you have a guard, go your way, make it as secure as you know how. And so they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. They put some people to watch the grave. Let's make sure that nobody comes and steals Jesus. That's proof number one. Unbelievers were there to disprove the word. I used to be one of those guys, folks. I used to be a... We went to the uh, Ark back in September, and and I've got a video of Bill Nye, the science guy, debating with Ken Ham. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you ain't careful, people will talk you out of what you believe. They will do it. Just as sure as I'm standing here, if you're not sound in your faith, I had a, a person ask me the other day about some courses they're going to take and my question to them was this, how secure are you in your faith? Because when you take this class, <coughs> excuse me, you will be challenged. And if you're not careful, you'll follow every wind of doctrine, everything that anybody says. If you ain't careful, you've got to be secure where you're at because there's somebody there to, to try to keep you away. Let's go to Matthew 28 and 1. It's just next, the next verse. They put a chapter there. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began at dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And you remember, they were the ladies that were there. They know that he was put in there. They saw him carry him in. They saw whenever they took him off of the cross. You know, this purple thing we have here, they wrapped it around Jesus so that they could let him down off of the cross. They saw him get wrapped up in this fine linen. They saw him be carried to the tomb, and they saw him be taken into the tomb, and they saw the stone rolled in front of it. And everybody around knew that there was a guard there. There were people that was believers that knew the guard was there. There was people that was not believers. They knew the guard was there. Jesus was a pinnacle in history. He still is today. He will either bring you in, and if you ain't careful, you'll be separated. He is there. He's that penalty. Think about it, what we can and cannot say in the world today that is offensive to people when we talk about the truth of the Bible. Jesus is still there. Oh, you can pray, but you can't pray in the name of Jesus. Don't mention the name of Jesus. That's what people don't want. They don't want Jesus because, you see, the reason that whenever Jesus is there, what happens is this, is we get confronted. Each and every one of us get confronted with his truth. And so he, he's still doing his work. He's not dead, folks. He is alive. His spirit is alive and well. The reason you got breath in your lungs this morning is because he, he did what he did. Amen. That's right. Everything, everything that we see and know was created by Him and for Him and through Him. There wouldn't be nothing around if it wasn't for Him. That's what the Bible says in Genesis. God created. Some other thing didn't create. God created. And so here we are on the first day of the week. These two ladies are at the tomb. Verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing, as white as snow. Anybody in here ever seen anything like that? We all deciding or have you? I would like to, too. I haven't seen that either. But they saw this. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. You see, when the truth comes up and faces darkness, that's exactly what happens. You ever had somebody get speechless? You ask that question or you make that statement and then they're like, they don't know what to say. As believers, we need to know what to say. We need to know what we believe in and why we believe it. But they became like dead men. Didn't kill them. They were like the deer in the headlights. They just didn't know what to do, what to say. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. There's another proof. He was crucified. That was Jesus on the cross. And God sent a messenger from heaven, an angel from heaven, and said, Yeah, he was crucified. And I know that's why you're here. But he told him these, these words. He is not here, for he is risen. Not stolen, risen. Not that he never was put in here. No, he was here, but he is risen. He's not here. And by the way, it is as he said it would happen. Now, folks, you can take what's in the Word of God, and you can take it for truth. You can take it to the bank. You can trust in it. You can lean on it. You can rely on it. What he says is. Amen? Thank God for that. He said he would rise, and he did, and and the angel makes this. He said, come and see the place where he laid. Well, they knew that he had been put in there, but they took took them in there anyway so that they could see. Another piece of scripture tells us that they was able to see those linens lying there. Basically undisturbed. The face cloth had been folded a certain way. I've heard people teach it. I don't know if it's true or not. Sounds good to me. But it was folded in a way as to say, you know, I'm not finished with my meal yet. I'm coming back. It was a face napkin. Now you think about that. You ever seen these uh, uh, cocoons or little things, you know, and, and once, once the butterfly comes out, it's still got its shape, right? But there's nothing inside. That's kind of what was going on there. They walked in and they saw this, this, this linen that was wrapped around, and it hadn't been disturbed. It hadn't been unwrapped. It looked like it did whenever he was wrapped up, but he wasn't inside of it. So he said, come and see And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Well, not just risen, but he's risen from the dead. Yeah, he died on the cross, folks. That human body was done. The the body that he had, it was finished and he was dead, but he rose from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Behold, I have told you. Jesus had told them that. I'll meet you up in Galilee. I'll see you there. And the angel says, and by the way, pay attention. I have told you that that's where you're going to go. You're going to see him there. I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. Now, folks, think about it. If you see some fellow light down in the cemetery out here and, and, and lightning and thundering is going on and he, he's just got the whitest white that you've ever seen on his garments and he commences to talking to you about somebody that might be laying out there, do you reckon you would be a little bit fearful too? Oh, you would also have a little joy if it's your loved one. You would, like to see your loved ones again. How many of you lost people that might be out in the cemetery or somewhere else? You want to see them again. You want to be with them again. i got news for you this morning. If they knew Jesus Christ and they were saved, if you are saved and you know Jesus Christ, you will see them again. What a glorious thing. That's a promise that we have. Now, folks, I used to talk against all that. I used to be an unsaved fellow, and I didn't want to hear about Jesus, and I was pretty good at it, except what I had was not truth. Does that make sense what I just said? I was pretty good at it, but it wasn't truth. But it's easy to convince people of things, particularly if they want to believe that way. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's easy to convince somebody if they want to believe that way. I got saved the day that I got saved, and I didn't want to believe that way. It it took the Holy Ghost to convict my heart to bring me in. For me to be able to see, that's what it was about. It was about him showing something to me, and he shows something to you, and most all of you understand what I'm talking about. But he told him, he said, they went out with great fear and joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Now, you've got to understand, women didn't carry a whole lot of weight back then. They did and That was just the culture. I'm not saying that they were right or anything. I'm not saying they were wrong. I'm saying that the culture was they didn't have weight. They didn't, I mean, I mean, it ain't been that long in our country that women can vote and decide who gets to be president or whatever, any kind of voting. So they didn't have a lot of weight. So when, when these ladies, who, by the way, were the witnesses and saw him go into the tomb, went to tell the disciples, hmm, isn't that something? And he told them, you do that. Verse 9, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, said, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. I want to ask you this morning, when's the last time you held Jesus by the feet, figuratively, and worshipped him? A sickness gets taken care of. A loved one gets saved. Whatever it may be, he deserves worship. The fact that we got out of bed this morning, the fact that we got to church early this morning, and I know it's early and I know it's warm, and I know I don't have the best voice in the world, it'll put you to sleep. I'm getting sleepy. I know I'm good at it. I used to tell my baby stories all the time and they'd go right to sleep. But we rejoice. Let's rejoice. Can we rejoice Jesus right now? We rejoice. We rejoice because he is risen. And he loves us so much, every one of us, each and every one. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. He told them that before he left. He comes back. He says, now he's in this resurrected body. And he tells them again, I am going to meet you. Tell them, let them know. Now folks, they walked with Jesus and had they thought the death was the end of it, would they have even shown up? Some of us won't go to Roanoke for something. Probably about about the same distance, somewhere thereabouts, maybe a little further. But he said to tell them to meet me there. But let's look at this report of the guard. Let's look at those guards that were put on there. In Verse 11, Matthew 28. And now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. You see, folks, they weren't asleep. They were like they were asleep because they reported all the things that had happened. They couldn't do nothing about it. You see, whenever... Uh, Satan comes at us when Satan's minions come at us when somebody who, who is just basically uh, doing the work of the devil because they don't know the truth, they don't want to do the truth when, when, when they they will come and always try to make an excuse They'll always try to make a reason. We talk to people all the time, sweetie and Sweetie, a whole lot over Facebook and things like it. Come to church. Come be with us this week. Now, this is a sunrise service. I understand that. but we have a lot of excuses don't we and i'm going to raise my hand first cuz i have a lot of excuses too for a lot of things but when the lord pulls and tugs on our heart by the way some he does that through us the believers all of us and sometimes we get in some rough places don't we don't we and there's always somebody there to lead us the wrong way There's always somebody there to open that door and says, don't go that way, go that way. There's always somebody there. These guys went to tell them what happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. Now, why did they do that? That's exactly right. You go tell them what we're telling you, And if you're worried about it, we'll give you money. You see, whenever you're following Christ, there is no amount of money that's going to keep you away from telling about Jesus. This world, it will throw money out left and right to try to sway us. And sadly, folks, in many, 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 many cases, it works. come in a time and it may already be where you work at that it's hard to talk about Jesus because of what the boss has said what the company stands for and we comply hey I know I've been there man I worked in in local government one of certain things you can't say but I always found a way to try to get that door opened up kind of conniving in a way once I got saved I got conniving about it I would talk about myself and then it would make somebody ask a question. Well, when they ask the question, they open the door so now I don't get in trouble. You see, there's always a way to get the truth out there. There's always a way to tell about Jesus. There's always a way to let somebody know. And whenever we do that, that may be the very time that they come to faith in Christ. Amen? Amen? Because He is risen. He is living. And He leads us. And they gave him some money saying, tell them his disciples came at night and stole, away, stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. You go ahead and tell the lie and we'll take care of you. Now the Bible that I read says that all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. Now let me ask you, is it worth it? How much money is it? How much is it worth? It don't say how much they gave, but it was enough because they talked it. They went out and talked about that. They made it, made it known. And so they took the money and did as they were instructed. Uh, and, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. There are people who are Jewish who were around. They have the history books, really have a lot better knowledge than a lot of us do based on their teachings who still do not believe in Jesus. We can't throw stones at any one particular group of people, but he did come to the Jews first. And even to this day, even though this was written a long time ago, even to this day that's still true. They still believe This saying, well, he didn't really raise from the dead. Somebody came and took him. We've got the account. This is what the guard said. It's written down in the annals of our our society. We've kept it down. We've chronicled it. We've got it down. But Jesus, we're going to go over to Luke 24. Now he appears to his disciples. And now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be to you. Do you have peace this morning? Wake up now, do you have peace? Amen. <laughs> if you don't have peace, Jesus is the only one that can give it to you. You're not going to find it in stuff in this world. You're not going to find it in people. You will only find peace in Jesus. And he said, peace be to you. Peace be to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. Now he didn't told them that he was coming back. But yet, when he's standing in the room in the midst of them, and he says, peace be to you, now they're scared. We've done done gone and seen this spirit, some kind of spirit floating around. And he said to them, why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? You see, the Lord knows our hearts. He knows what's going on inside of us. And he will speak to us if we will listen to him. And he's got the remedy for it. He's got everything that we need. And he said, uh, and behold, my hands and my feet. He said, look, look at them. I'm standing here before you. Look at them, my hands. Handle me and see. Go ahead and touch me. You can't touch a spirit. No, you can't. He said, touch me. Go ahead and handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Folks, the people that we're going to be resurrected with someday when the Lord calls His church home will have glorified bodies. We will be known as we're known. We'll be able to touch us. Amen? Amen? We'll be able to shake hands and give hugs. We can be touched. But that's not all. And when He said this, He showed them His hands and feet. But while they still not did not believe for joy and marveled. He said to them, have you any food to eat? I like that part. While y'all sitting here trying to figure out if I'm an apparition or not, I want you to touch me. By the way, while y'all thinking about it, I've been gone for three days. Do you got something to eat? Man, I'll tell you what, a lot of things will go away when you sit down and break bread. Do you got something to eat? Now, why would a spirit eat? He don't have to. You don't need to. But he was flesh and bone. And so they gave him a piece of broad fish and some honeycomb. Has anybody ever tried a broad fish and honeycomb? I haven't. And I'm going to tell you right now, it don't sound very good. Maybe that was the culture at the time. Maybe broad fish and honeycomb was good. Fresh. <laughs> it's early. Broad fish and honeycomb maybe was the thing they did back then. I don't know. Maybe that's all they had. I'm ready to go over here and get some sausage and eggs and biscuits and gravy. How about y'all? Some taters. But I reckon if I'm hungry enough, I'll eat some fish and honey. Maybe we ought to try it someday. And he took it and he ate it in their presence. In a resurrected body, Jesus appeared in the room. Amen? It scared them. They were frightened. He said, go ahead and touch me. They touched him. They could see the holes in his hands. And folks, I believe someday when we get to heaven and we see him, we're going to be able to do it too. He's going to say, hey, how you doing? And be able to look through the eyeball you through his palm. But he ate in the presence. But I want to help you with one more thing here. I don't care where you're at. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care if you were once close to Jesus and you've fallen away. I don't care about that. And neither does he. What he cares about is what we do today and from this day forward. Because go to Mark chapter 16. Verse 7. He said, But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you, why did he say, "Go and just tell Peter"? You remember, whenever they were in the in the upper room when they were having supper, we did communion Friday night, Thursday night, Friday night, what night? Well, any one of them nights we did communion. Thursday night. He said, "As often as you do this, do in remembrance of me." And he broke bread and he gave it to them. He poured some wine in a cup and he said, now this is my blood. It's Representative of that, this is my blood. And after they got through eating, he got the wash basin and he got a towel and he took his jacket and stuff off. Well, Jesus didn't wear a jacket, by the way. I believe if he had wore a suit, he probably saved everybody, but He didn't. He healed all that came to him, but everybody didn't get saved. Everybody didn't receive what he had for them. And he washes their feet. He says, I'm showing you what to do with each other. Peter said, you're not going to wash my feet. You're the Lord. And he says, you know what? If I don't do this, you've got no part in me. He served them. That's what he did. He was serving them. He said, I'm about to be betrayed. Peter's ready to get his pocket knife out and go to work on somebody. And then he tells Peter. Peter says, I'll go with you anywhere, Lord. I'll follow you anywhere. I'll do anything that you ask me to do. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how many guns they got. I don't care what they're saying, what they're going to try to take away from me. I will follow you. And Jesus said, I'll tell you right now before the rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. And we know that he did. The Bible tells us that. He was asked, hey, weren't you with Jesus? No, I don't know the man. Now, I don't know. Maybe some of you might be like that. I don't know. But that's okay. Because you know what he said. "Go tell my disciples and tell Peter. He specifically named him. Because he knew what was going on inside of Peter's heart. Well, Peter gets asked again. And he's like, I'm telling you, I don't know the man. Because he is worried that he's going to be put on a cross too. I'm going to tell you now, when you follow Jesus, there's going to be some people that ain't going to like you. There's going to be some people that's going to go against you. And I don't care if you was to give them 50 bucks for sitting down and listening to you for five minutes, they still ain't going to do it because it's about Jesus. They don't want to hear about Jesus. But some people will deny him. We'll get in this crowd and we're going to act this way. And then we get in this crowd and we're going to act this way. We come to church on Easter. Everybody's dressed up. Did y'all notice? I've even got a real tie on this morning. (laughs) I thought I'd spiff up for Easter. (laughs) Well, he's risen. That's why. (laughs) but he denied him again and you want to know something else Uh, somebody else comes to him and then he lets out a big curse and he says I tell you I don't know the man and the minute that he said that Jesus is over here uh, uh, getting beat up and their eyes meet you see he's always with us don't deny him. Don't deny him for anyone or for anything. He is always with us. But I'm telling you, if that's ever happened in your life, you can get right. He's not going to hold it against us forever. I just don't lose my thing. Hooking on the button on my pocket. You see what I'm talking about? It doesn't matter. What, hap- what matters is what happens from this day forward. He said, and tell Peter, Peter went out that night after he had denied him and cursed, and, and he wept. He, he felt bad. And he was eat up over it. And for three days, he was still eat up over it. But he was one of the first ones to show up at the tomb after those ladies told him. He run over there to see. And we know that him and the Lord got okay. As a matter of fact, whenever they crucified him later on in his life, He said, I'm not even worthy to be crucified standing upright. You'll turn me upside down and do it because I don't want to be put in the same plane as my Lord. How do I know about Jesus? How do I know that this story is true? It's not a story. It's really, it's history. It's truth. I'm going to tell you how I know. I used to be the guy that would put away Christ. I used to put away church people. I didn't like church people. I didn't like every time they would talk to me and tell me I had to get my life straight. But they were giving me a warning. Now, if you was going down this road and I'll tell you you're going to meet a a big truck coming down on some of these curves doing about 65, he done lost his brakes, watch out because you're going to die if you're in that curve with him. Would you like to hear that? Would you like for me to give you the financial reports and tell you that, you know what, in six months ain't none of you going to have a job? Would you like to hear that so you can make preparation? You want to hear that, but we don't want to hear about Jesus. We don't want to hear about following him. But how do I know? Well, I'm going to tell you how I know. Because the Holy Ghost one day over here convicted my heart. And folks, I'm going to let you know something. These times he's still convicted on my heart. There's times that I think i got stuff right, and I don't. There's times that I read something in the book, and I'm like, well, I don't like that part. And he's still convicting, and he's still working, and he's still working on me. How do I know that this story is true? I know this story is true because of answered prayers. Y'all know about my wife, her healing that she's received not long after we are saved. I know that he can do. I know that he will do. We've had testimonies of people being okay. We put Sister Francis' great-grandbaby on the, on the prayer line the there because he was in pretty bad shape. He's probably going to get to come home today. And it's because of the prayers that we gave to the Lord. Amen. And he moves on our behalf. You, we can talk to him about anything. That lets me know I have faith. I have faith that he will do. That's why I will pray. That's why you will pray. Because you believe he hears. You believe that he can do something about it. That's why we do that. That's the proof that I need. That's how that I know. I've seen it. I've seen the changes that happens in lives. I've seen the people that I've worked with. Some guy that, you know, me and him didn't see eye to eye for nothing on anything. And he got saved one day. And I'd already been saved. was praying wrong because I kept praying get him Jesus get him Jesus Jesus didn't want to get him the way I wanted Jesus to get him Jesus got him the way he needed to get him and he got saved and you know what two men actually started seeing eye to eye on some things that's how I know that he's real that's how I know that he makes a difference in our lives Uh, my own daddy my own daddy got saved By prayer, we had prayed and prayed and prayed. My grandma had prayed and prayed and prayed. And he was a staunch unbeliever. He wouldn't mean to people. He wouldn't mean about believing. But something happened one night in his bedroom. And I know that God is real. I know that Jesus Christ is real. I know that the Spirit of God can convict. And I know that He can change our circumstances. That's how I know. Amen. He's risen. He's risen. And as the video said, do you know him? This is a sunrise service. I don't guess they do that at the cemeteries. Maybe they do. I don't know. I've only been in this church since I've been saved, so I really don't know what goes on. But I want to ask you this morning. You guys got a song on your heart, and then we're going to break for breakfast. Oh, stand to your feet this morning, please. And I want to ask you this morning do you know him? I struggled whether or not I should do an altar call this morning, but you know what? every, Every day and every moment is a good time. When you're talking about Christ, it's always a good time to ask somebody, do you know Christ? Have you stepped away from Him? Has He not been as strong in your life as He once was? We can make that right today. Just like with Peter, he don't hold yesterday against you. He understands what it's like to be in this flesh. He understands what we go through. He understands when we're at odds with one another. He understands all these things, and yet He can pull us to the place of unity. He can pull us to the place that He leads in our lives. So as we sing this song this morning, I want to invite you to come and pray with us this morning. Because, folks, I'm going to tell you something else. He's coming again. He is. He's coming again in John 14 and 1. said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also. He came 2,000 years ago and he did go to the cross and he did die. But folks, the grave couldn't hold him he was resurrected and he made us this promise I am coming back he may come back today I don't know doesn't matter but he's got a home waiting for us in heaven